Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time to change the world with Matt McQuinley. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, canceling cancel culture, discussing and listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, business, history, and more. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. A recent study has found that nearly 30% of adults in the United States experience anxiety disorder in their lives. Currently, 3.3 million Australians are suffering from an anxiety disorder. Interestingly, adults over 60 are most affected, and women are affected to a larger extent than men. Our guest today is Rebecca King, who's an anxiety coach and an NLP master practitioner and is someone who focuses on helping others with anxiety through seminars, one-on-one coaching, and webinars. Well, Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. The pleasure's all ours. Um, Rebecca, I know you're very passionate about helping people with anxiety, particularly women, uh, although you do do work with men as well. Yes. Uh, and usually, though, what I find is when somebody's so excited and passionate about helping somebody out with something, it's because they've had some sort of a personal experience themselves or with a loved one has had a personal experience with that issue. Is that the case with you? Yeah, it certainly is, Matt. Um, Definitely what I do now is based on the journey that I've had uh, with depression and anxiety. And just to give you a little bit of background in that, I lived with depression for more than 20 years. And it really did start when I was about 16 when I lost my dad to cancer. He was very young. He was only 45. And so at first it was very situational, of course, but it was manageable. It seemed to come back every year around the same time. Um, And I was able to manage it. But over the years, it really did become worse and worse. And I would seek the help from counsellors and psychologists and all all sorts of practitioners. But what I found, Matt, was that I was really just telling the same story over and over and over again. I wasn't walking out with any tools to really help me. Uh, I wasn't finding a solution. And what was happening is I was actually starting to believe that this was something that couldn't be changed. Mm. I was told time and time again, this is just who you are. It's a chemical imbalance in your brain. It will be with you for life. You just have to learn how to manage it. And it just got worse and worse. Um, Personal circumstances, uh, you know, traumatic relationships, work situations and health issues it actually then turned into or created an anxiety disorder on top of that. So I got a double whammy, depression and anxiety. And it really got so bad, Matt, that I got to the point where I didn't want to live anymore. And uh, it's not that I wanted to die. I just simply didn't know how to move forward with this anxiety. But as luck would have it, I was introduced to a coach, mm-hmm. not just any coach. This was a master NLP practitioner, as I am now, and I really credit this coach with saving my life. Um, and the reason for that is that he taught me how to retrain my brain, and that really ignited that passion in me because I've always thought of myself as somebody who likes helping people, a bit of a fixer, if you like. And so I was um, 
really taken with what he was able to do with me and that led me to studying NLP myself and now that's what I do. I help other people who are either in that situation or have been in that situation with anxiety. Wonderful. So uh, I just want to double check with you. Mm. Now, you lost your father when you were 14? I was 16. 16. Yeah. My mom lost his when her, her father when she was okay. that age. So I was getting the stories confused. Sure. So, wow, that's rough. So yeah. how, how, how do you feel that something like that impacts somebody over the long haul? Look, I guess these things impact everybody differently, don't mm-hmm. they, Matt? But what I found at that time is I really, I hadn't really lost anyone before that. So I had no idea what to do. It literally was four days before I started my final year at school. Mm. Um, so, of course, there was the added pressure of that. Uh, I really didn't take the time to grieve. And so what happened is I really, what I know now, of course, is that I stored those feelings and those emotions in my mind and in my body and how it's affected me over the years is that any time I have felt anything like that feeling, that depression, it, it's brought up all of those same feelings that I felt at the time because we really do store those emotions and that energy in our body and our mind. So it affected me every part of my life in some way for years after that. Mm. Well, I don't pretend to put myself out as an expert But I wonder, you hear a lot about talk therapy, and you alluded to this before, and I want to dig a little bit deeper. You talked about how you would sit on the couch or in this comfortable chair Mm -hmm. or whatever, and you'd go over the same story again and again and the same memories about your father and so on and so forth. And it seemed to you that you just were getting nowhere. What place, I mean, do you think there is a place for talk therapy? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the traditional point. But do you also think sometimes you're just kind of, I don't want to say beating a dead horse, but like just reinforcing the negative rather than focusing on moving forward? Yeah, that's a really good question, Matt. And yes, I do think, I do feel that there is a place for talk therapy. Um, It's not to say that I never had any Uh, improvements through talk therapy and as an NLP practitioner we do use talk therapy to um, a certain extent what you're talking about um, or what I alluded to talking about it over and over again it's almost like you're re-traumatizing yourself every Mm. time you tell that story you're reinforcing the message and this is what NLP programming NLP neuro-linguistic programming is all about it's about changing the story changing the language when we tell ourselves something over and over again our brain believes it because our brain doesn't actually know the difference between what's real and what's imagined Mm. so if you tell yourself the same story over and over again it goes oh well okay that's just the way that it is which is what's so fascinating about what we do because we can change that story and reprogram our our brain yeah, no, that's that's something that floored me when I first learned that years and years ago in university mm. that our brain cannot distinguish between reality and and uh, and what's fancy. imagined. That's yeah. right. So that's uh, although I do, but as I got older, I met a lot of people that I realized couldn't determine <laughs> <laughs> when they when they were thinking about themselves, they couldn't uh, determine the difference between the two. So you talk about retraining your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you s- expand on that a little bit for us and talk about how you help people do that? And yeah. I'm sure some of the listeners have no idea what NLP is. Yeah. So maybe start with what NLP is and 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 give us the high points. We'll dig deeper into them later yeah. about 
what uh, how you retrain your brain. Yeah, absolutely. So NLP, as I said, it's neuro-linguistic programming. And really what's happening is it's operating through uh, the conscious use of our language to bring about changes in our thought patterns and our behaviours to achieve a desired outcome. So we're using perceptual, behavioural and uh, communication techniques to help people change their thoughts and then therefore their actions by creating new neural pathways. So to explain that, perhaps I'll give you an example, Matt. Um, when you were young, you you didn't know how to tie your shoelace. You weren't born know how, knowing how to tie your shoelace. So at some point, uh, probably a parent sat you down and said, right, Matt, it's time to learn. Now, they had to teach you, um, you know, there was something about bunny ears and going around a tree and diving in a hole or something like that. And they needed to show you what the outcome was at the end. So you knew what you were aiming for. You had to practice and practice and practice and go over and over again. And eventually you you got it right. Essentially what you were doing was creating this neural pathway in your brain so that now anytime you look at a shoelace, you don't even have to think about it stored in your unconscious. Mm -hmm. You can just lean down and you tie your shoelace. You can even be doing other things. So essentially what you've done is create a program in your mind, much like we create, well, I don't because I don't write code, but how we create a software program in a computer. So when we're talking about retraining the brain as an NLP practitioner where this is a, a very specialized area of study and it focuses on breaking through the negativity and reprogramming the mind and the body to achieve the goals and you know I talked earlier about how I had stored those feelings and those emotions in my mind and my body so through the use of our language we can actually change the way that we feel those emotions and we can actually start to disassociate ourselves from those and and we can do that very rapidly with NLP it's very different to just talk therapy mm. well it seems to me and, and you might take offense to this but uh, it seems to me and I'm saying this more for our listeners and some of them might be going ah oh, this new wave fancy schmancy NL neurolinguistic blah 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 but if you think about it, really it kind of goes back to ancient wisdom. Because when I hear you explain how NLP works, I think about uh, a couple things. I think about uh, George Orwell even, mm -hmm. you know, when he was writing things like 1984 and Fahrenheit 451 and, and all that kind of thing. You know, how if you control the language, you control the thoughts. And more uh, altruistically, I think about the Bible, you know, where mm -hmm. Jesus talks about – and regardless of whether you believe in Jesus or not, you'd have to say he had some good advice, okay? <laughs> all right? I mean, we can all agree on that, right? Okay, okay. let's go with that. Yeah, so but, – but the reality is he said be careful of your uh, – what you're – I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Be careful what you're exposed to. Be careful of your thoughts because your thoughts become uh, your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become who you are. Yeah, now you're quoting so, Gandhi. So, so, but that he was paraphrasing from <laughs> other great teachers. Yeah. So the 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 point is is that it might sound kind of airy fairy to some of the listeners, yeah. but really we're building on a basis of ancient wisdom and applying more modern techniques and science to it. 
Yeah. That's that's my read. Now, would you buy into what I'm saying there? Yeah, absolutely. This this is even though NLP itself was developed in the 1970s, this you're exactly right. This has been around for a long time. We are going back to ancient teachings. This didn't just happen. It is actually when you stop to think about it, no pun intended, but it is very logical. If you tell yourself something and you think that, you generally you, you believe it because mm. what the believer believes, the prover proves. Mm. Well, he, yeah, it. Henry Ford said if you think a thing can be done or you think a thing can't be done, you're right either way. Exactly. So uh, I think that's – that's a great point there. We're going we're gonna to be back in just a little bit with Rebecca King, NLP practitioner and anxiety coach. And she's going to talk a little bit about how to overcome uh, some of the obstacles you might be feeling when you're feeling overwhelmed. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. We're back with Rebecca King, NLP practitioner and anxiety coach. And in the last session, Rebecca, you were talking a little bit about how when you were a kid and you were going through talk therapy and different counseling and seeing different doctors and so on, that they were telling you, oh, you've got a chemical imbalance in your brain. This is who you are, you know, just kind of accept it and and uh, I don't think that seemed to sit very well with you from the oblique uh, <laughs> statements you were making there. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because um, that would rub me the wrong way as well. How did you respond to that? And then what action did you take? And how did it turn out? Yeah, okay. Thank you. Good question, Matt. I think at the time, uh, because I put a lot of authority in the medical profession, you know, that's how I was brought up. They were my beliefs. They were my values. Um, and putting that kind of belief in them I I simply believed what they told me I believed that it was something to do with how I was made up perhaps how I was born my identity because I didn't know anything at that stage about how we form our beliefs how we form our values I didn't know that I could retrain my brain that way now I guess at some at some level I did know that because of course I've learned so many things through my life I've been to school I've been educated but because it's not something that we talk about in general, um, it wasn't something I was aware of. So when you asked me, you know, did it sit well with me? I simply took it as truth at the time. But as I've got older uh, and, and more experience and travelled the world and learned new things, I started to question these types of things. I'm not just always happy with going with the status quo. But to be perfectly honest with you, it wasn't until I was introduced to an NLP coach and I started learning about this and then I saw some changes after I began working with him because I actually went to this coach kind of as a last-ditch resort. I didn't believe that he would be able to help me because nobody had helped me the previous 20 years before. But within a couple of sessions, I felt different. I was responding differently. I had different thoughts. I didn't feel that blanket of depression. I was able to get out of bed. I didn't have that anxiety anymore. So that's what changed. And when something like that shifts, when you actually feel different, that's when you kind of had that light bulb moment going, oh, hang on a second. Mm. Something's working here. 
let me delve a little bit further into it. Well, there's a couple things I heard there that mm-hmm. I would like to underline. First is don't give up. Yes, definitely. You know, keep looking for answers. Never then, give up. And the <laughs> second thing that popped into my mind that uh, is, I mean, I've read about uh, people that have been suffering from depression and, and anxiety and all. And again, you got to see a professional. I, mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't do what you're doing. Don't listen to your doctor. I'm not saying any of that. But I do know there are studies that indicate that exercise can be – can uh, that exercise can make a bigger impact on depression than medication, you know, that changes in diet can make a bigger impact in some individuals than medication. So there's, there are lots of tools. There's lots of ways. It's like anything in life. There's lots of ways to attack a problem, attack it from all the angles and figure out which one works. I mean, that's the way, I mean, would you agree with that as somebody that works in that space? I agree 100%. There's not one Thing. It's not like a magic pill. There is no magic pill. Mm. <laughs> um, there's not one thing out there. It is a combination and there is a holistic view. I mean, talk to any practitioner who specializes in gut health and they will talk to you about um, getting your gut healthy, about what you put into your body, the toxins um, in your environment. They will, or any, any practitioner will talk to you about the benefits of movement. And I say movement, not exercise. Because I know that a lot of people have a negative connotation when it comes to exercise, you know, possibly from school or flogging it out at the gym. So, you know, movement, obviously, it does um, create those endorphins. It creates that feel-good dopamine Mm. in your body, uh, which, of course, when you do that, it is going to make you feel better. So, yes, I believe in a a holistic approach. Um, And, you know, yeah, when we're talking about medications, things like that. And I was on medication for a long time for those um, issues. All it's doing is simply masking a problem, Mm. Um, you know, and you actually need to dig deeper and look for the root cause, Mm -hmm. you know, anxiety, depression, they're a symptom of something else that's going on in your body. So in your opinion, that medication is just a Band-Aid for, I mean, it might end up being a Band-Aid you need your entire life, but it's one of many tools one uh, of many tools. Yeah. I, I do believe that it has a place, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my case, mm-hmm. when I took it, and I can only speak from my experience, mm-hmm. when I took medication, I was so close to the edge mm. that it just brought me back from the edge so that I could go and look for other tools. So, mm. I yes, there's a place for it. Mm-hmm. And that just gave me um, – it gave me the distance I needed to be able to go and find the solution. Well, now that you're that you feel uh, you're you're well, I'm sure at, like everybody, it's a daily struggle, you know, to be your best self. No, no, I do not find it a struggle at okay. all. Okay, because well, I've tell us how how you got to where you were struggling to get out of bed to mm. you know everything's. I don't want to say everything's easy. No, and yeah, let me put some context around that. Yeah, please do. I'm still a human. Uh (laughs) I still do have moments where I feel stress or Uh overwhelm or even feeling anxious in a particular situation. I don't struggle. I don't live with depression. I don't live with an anxiety disorder anymore. Mm -hmm. But like I said, that's not to say that I don't still feel situationally, you know, blue or like I said, stress in a particular situation. Um, my whole outlook on life has changed though, Matt. I have gone from, I guess, I always thought I was quite an optimistic and glass half full kind of person. But when I reflect on that, 
perhaps I wasn't. And I have a completely different mindset now. I'm very aware of my the language that I use. I'm very aware of my energy. Um, so no, I don't find life a struggle. I have my moments, but in general, and, it's fantastic. And so the keys that got you out of that are? Uh, this coach, as I okay. said, so it was actually learning how to retrain my brain and having consistent coaching over time mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah, being able to use the tools. You mentioned exercise, you mentioned nutrition, meditation, breath work, another ancient tool that sort of has been forgotten over time. Um, even something as simply simple as journaling, writing things down, getting them out of your head. So there's a whole lot of tools that I use. Okay. So tell us about your, without breaching any confidentiality, your uh, typical client and how you help them. Yeah. Okay. So I predominantly work with people, they are aged somewhere between, you know, 40 and 55. Usually they have all the outward signs of a successful life. So, you know, well-educated usually, professional, they've got the career, they've got the home, they've got the family. And yet, there still seems to be something that's missing in their life. They often feel, shall we say, directionless, um, perhaps uncertain about what their future is going to bring. And for the most part, they're all struggling with some sort of anxiety, whether it be situational in the workplace or in a relationship or it might even be something around a phobia Matt, like a fear of flying or a fear of public speaking. So there's generally anxiety involved some way. And they come to me because they're stuck. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a word I hear a lot. I'm stuck. And they know that they want something else, but perhaps they don't know what it is or how to get it. And so what I do is I help them figure out what they do want. We spend a lot of time focusing on what we don't want, Matt. You know, I don't want to feel anxious. I don't want to feel depressed. I don't want to feel stressed. But when we focus on what we don't want, guess what? We get more of it. Mm. It's like uh, Tony Robbins often says, where the focus goes, the energy flows. So I help people identify exactly what it is that they do want. Now, that's quite a hard task for a lot of people, so it can take time. Uh, But once we focus on that, we're able to switch that around for them. And when you know where you do want to go, um, we can then start to identify what's holding you back. So as I mentioned before, anxiety is generally a symptom that something else is wrong. So we go and look for the root cause and we help people shift that. And from there, they're able to move forward. And I see amazing breakthroughs with people here. Like I'm talking incredible shifts when people are able to start, um, you know, removing these blocks. Well, one thing that I was intrigued by that you just said is uh, that people focus on they don't want any more of this, but they don't focus on what they do want. Mm -hmm. And I do know from, from my reading that, Uh, as far as motivation goes, people will do more to avoid pain than they will to uh, receive pleasure. Yes. So how do you switch that dynamic around? Yeah, that's that's a really good question, Matt. And as I said, um, with NLP, we're talking about the language of the mind. Now, I'm not saying that this is all there is to it, but it can start with something as simple as your language. You know, if you're instead of saying, I don't want to feel anxious in this situation, 
Look at what it is that you do want to feel. So rather than feeling anxious, I want to feel calm. I want to feel relaxed. I want to feel peaceful. So I'm actually going to tell myself in my head, Mm. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to say it to myself. I feel calm. I feel relaxed. I feel at peace. So I'm implanting or installing that positive message in my brain and I'm creating that program in my brain so that it believes Mm -hmm. that's how I I feel. And I'm generally going to use I am as opposed to I want to. Mm. And and I just want to add something, say this to the audience, that a lot of us might be sitting there going – well, that's kind of oh, whatever, you know. Oh, I like myself. I love myself. And, oh, I want to feel a little bit uncomfortable with that or, mm-hmm. or that it's a little bit Pollyanna. But really think about it. I mean, that's con- conditioning, mental conditioning. You condition yourself mentally, uh, either positively or negatively. So you might as well do it positively. I mean, you condition your body by I can do this many push-ups, and then you decide, okay, I can do two more than that. I mean, and then you move forward. Absolutely. So it, it's the exact same thing, even though you might feel a little silly doing it at first. There's a lot of value in it because you're conditioning yourself anyway. You might as well condition yourself in a way that helps you and everyone else around you. Yeah, I really like the way you put that. Why not be positive rather than negative? (laughs) you got a choice. I mean, which one? So we're going to be back in just a little bit with Rebecca King, and she's going to talk to us more about how she helps people uh, battle and conquer anxiety right after these few messages. Listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. We're here with Rebecca King, NLP practitioner and anxiety coach. And in the last session, we talked about many things. But one thing that jumped out at me, uh, one of several, is where you talked about how a lot of people feel stuck you know, and they feel directionless. And I know from my own experience and my own reading that for men especially, and I know you work with women as well, probably more women than men, but for men especially, not having a purpose leads to stacks of anxiety and is the number one cause of depression on men. In fact, I, I read once years and years ago how every single Apollo astronaut, Every single guy who, after they came back from the moon, suffered from crushing depression. And most of them ended up divorced mm. because they, they reached this goal and now they're like, well, what do I do for the next 50 years? They just had no direction, no uh, purpose at all. So how do you help people get unstuck? How do you help them find purpose again? Yeah, purpose is where it's at, Matt, and you, you've hit the nail on the head there because – as well as having purpose in life, we we need to have a purpose for every task that we have, really. We, you know, if you think about this in business, and I know you'll relate to this because you're a businessman, um, so relating to, to business or the workplace, every task or every project that you do generally has a strategy behind it. So if your business doesn't have a strategy, you get nowhere, right? You just tread water, essentially. So The basis of any strategy is to have an objective. You need to know why. And it's the same in life as it is in business. We all do this in in business or in the workplace, but we rarely do this in our personal life. So, you know, imagine in your business or workplace, if you didn't follow the process, you know, your business would struggle. 
you would lose direction. You wouldn't know why you were producing the product you were producing or the service that you were, were putting out there. It needs a reason for being. And we're no different in life. So in that example that you gave with the astronauts, of course, they had this amazing purpose. And then when it's finished, what are they doing? So when people are stuck, it's generally because they don't know where they're going. They Mm. don't know what the future holds. Now, I'm a big believer that I've had a fantastic life. I've had some horrible parts of it, some trauma, some tragedies, but I, in general, have had a wonderful life. But I truly believe that my best days are still ahead of me and I've got a long road to go. And I guess with purpose, you asked, how do we get unstuck? How do we find our purpose? You can relate this perhaps to a road trip. You need to have some understanding of what it is that you want and where you want to go. And this really comes back to understanding what it is that you value most in life. You know, what is most important to you? When you're 80, 90, 95, whatever your age is, what do you want to be able to look back on your life and say that you've achieved? Where have you travelled? Have you had a family? All of those questions. Now, that can be quite daunting going straight to that place. But when we work with people, we do this slowly and we break things down. And so when you, I think the thing is a lot of people don't actually do this in their personal life. It's rare. So when you do this, you're able to prioritise those things that are most important to you. And that leads to achievement, which gives us all that wonderful feeling, doesn't it? Absolutely. Mm. And actually what you said reminded me something that Bill Gates once said. Uh, He said that we overestimate what we can accomplish in a year but we underestimate what we can accomplish in 10 years that's right and that goes to this um, instant gratification issue i'm going to call it an issue that we've got today and you know on social media we post something on social media if somebody doesn't like it or love it or send us a comment within 30 seconds or a minute we're like oh my goodness what's happened you know nobody likes me we're so used to getting instant results so much so that you know, we won't put an effort in, we'll, we'll eat healthy, and I'm using quotation marks here, but we'll eat healthy for a week and go, well, that didn't do anything, so I'm not going to bother for another week. Mm. So um, it goes to that quote, don't give up, and I think we said that before. You've got to put the time and the effort in. You've got to want something mm-hmm. as well, and don't underestimate that all of these small changes can make a massive impact over time. This has nothing to do with helping with anxiety but it reminded me of something else and it's going back to business but uh-huh. the the uh jeff bezos interviewed warren buffett one time mm-hmm. okay and he was talking to and warren buffett taught him his investment strategies and all of his you know his keys to success mm-hmm. and jeff bezos was like well and i'm paraphrasing he was mm-hmm. like well this is all really simple why doesn't everybody do that? Mm. And Warren Buffett said, well, easy. Nobody wants to get rich slowly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it's the same thing with building a great life and building a happy life and building a fulfilling life. I mean, it it takes time. Well, you, you've, you've gotta... heard that quote, anything worth doing takes time. Mm. And, you know, look, I do have clients who they engage in perhaps a 12-month coaching program, Matt, and... Within a couple of months, you know, some people see massive shifts very, very quickly. And for others, it takes a little bit more time. And it can be disappointing. You can think, oh, I wish I was a bit further along. But if you think about the work that you do in 12 months, 
is dealing with some of the stuff that you've been through in the last 50 years, 12 months is a pretty short time to mm. turn that around, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Less than less than 2% of the time, you know. That's right. So now one of the things that you talked about uh, when we were talking on the phone the other day is you talked about uh, people that have issues with their their val- what their values are mm-hmm. versus what they want their values to be mm. and and the conflict and the struggles that come from that can you ex- unpack that here for the audience that would be great if you could yeah sure it does seem a little bit strange doesn't it because if i came to you and said what are your top 5 values matt and you might be one of those people and go oh yeah i can i can list them off a b c d e great okay let's look at your behaviors you know, because you've probably heard that. Look at what somebody, look at somebody's behaviors or mm. the actions rather than their words. Absolutely. So if I use myself as an example, I could tell you that um, my health and well-being is one of my top five values. But if I spend majority of my downtime sitting on my couch watching TV, not moving, um, I live a very sedentary lifestyle, I'm getting a lot of takeaway, eating processed foods... And, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything for my mental health and well-being, then I'm telling you one thing, but my behavior is showing you that that's not really accurate. Of course, if my behavior and my actions is showing you, you know, I'm, I'm working out or I'm doing yoga or I'm spending time educating myself from podcasts about how to look after, how to have a healthy mind and I'm eating nutritious foods, then that is showing that what I'm telling you that I value the most is actually the case. And what's really interesting about values, I think, is that we absorb most of them when we're really, really young. We don't even realise that we absorb our beliefs and our values from you know, our parents, our caregivers, grandparents, teachers, when we're very, very young. We naturally take those on and we grow up generally not being taught to question those values. So we end up living our life through somebody else's view of the world. And so quite often the values that we think we have came from someone else. They're not actually ours. Yeah. So that's what I mean about the difference between what our values actually, or what we think they are and what they actually are. So what we really need to be doing is we need to be thinking about is what I'm doing aligned to what I really value, what I really believe. I mean, are my, do my actions follow my thoughts absolutely and it goes back to that gandhi quote. or at least what i'm preaching yeah you absolutely know. so uh, that's a really good comment if i am promoting myself as an anxiety coach mm-hmm. and yet in my day-to-day life i'm struggling with anxiety or i'm constantly anxious that it does show you that i would be out of alignment now that's not the case as i said i'm very calm and very relaxed and very peaceful um, so I am in alignment and that is a great word to use, Matt, alignment. Mm. So you talk a little bit about timeline therapy, you utilize mm-hmm. that. Can you tell people a little bit about what that is? Yeah, absolutely. Timeline therapy is a, a technique that we use as NLP practitioners to release negative emotions that we attach to past events. It's a very powerful process that we use um, where we essentially facilitate the elimination 
of painful emotions that we've attached during traumatic um, events in our past. And when we're using this technique, we focus on what you can learn from the event. So, you know, we do revisit things that you have experienced in the past. Now, I can't literally change the past for you, but I can help you see each experience from a different perspective. There is something to learn from absolutely everything we experience in life. So when you're actually able to distance yourself from that event, you're able to release those emotions that I was talking about at the very beginning that I had stored in my body and in my mind. Because what happens each time you experience a similar event as you go, your mind just goes, oh, hey, Beck, you've done this before. I know exactly what you need to do to get through this to be safe and comfortable. So what we want to do is give you a different perspective in that timeline therapy and allow you to take a learning because then whatever you learn from that, you're able to use as a resource moving through into the future. Wow, it sounds like a real powerful tool to have in your your bag and a tool a very powerful tool for all of us to learn. Extremely powerful. In fact, just this weekend I worked with a client We only had a couple of sessions because she didn't have long. She's flying to the States tomorrow and we needed to eliminate this fear of flying. She was at the point where she's not getting on the plane Mm. and this is for her business. So we were able to use timeline therapy to actually um, distance those emotions that she – those negative emotions that she's attached to flying in the past. And you know what? She's actually really excited about the flight tomorrow. Great. (laughs) Well, we're going to be back here in a little bit with Rebecca King, and she's going to share some more uh, success stories as well as some final takeaways and uh, also share with you how you can get in contact with her if you'd like to learn more. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Well, it's been a great show, and uh, in the few 15, 10, 15 minutes we have left, uh, I just want to say that, uh, Rebecca, we've enjoyed having you here, but I know a lot of our guests are really wanting to know how they can contact you, and maybe you could help them out with their anxiety and or depression. Can you tell us how they can contact you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have a website, which is the best way to contact us. Our business is called Moonbeam Monday training and coaching. So our website is www.moonbeammonday.com.au. So you're welcome to contact us through that. We're all over the socials. We're on Insta, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course, you can contact us directly through those. Um, And if you would like to work with us in in the, the short term, we actually have a free online masterclass coming up in a couple of weeks. When's that? So it's on Saturday, the 6th of May. It's via Zoom. So Mm -hmm. anyone can join from anywhere um, at any time. The details are on our website. You can register there. As I said, it's a free masterclass. And it's a great way to get your journey started. If there's anything in your life that you've been looking to change or you just want to understand what's happening in your brain a little bit better, some of the things that we've been talking about, we're going to be um, helping you understand how to retrain your brain and get unstuck 
and transform your life. And there's going to be three very powerful tools that we're going to be talking about in that masterclass. And it's entirely free. It's free. So the worst thing that could happen is they could spend a lot of money and get nothing out of it. Oh, no, that couldn't happen because <laughs> it's happen. free. It's free. Oh, so the worst thing could happen is maybe it would help them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Imagine that. Uh, imagine that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, can you tell us that you started to tell us some success, a success story? Share another one or two of those with us real quick. Yeah, sure. Um, I love sharing success stories. They make me feel extremely happy. Um, there's one that I'd like to share with you, a client who came to us feeling extremely anxious um, they were questioning whether they're in the right job. They were questioning even whether they're in the right relationship. They weren't able to um, handle their emotions, control their emotions, um, and finding themselves in a very negative state and actually finding that people didn't want to be around them mm. too much anymore either. And so what we discovered actually that the issues they were um, facing those things weren't actually the problem. It wasn't the job. It wasn't the relationship. Um, it wasn't where they lived. You know, it was actually that they had a lack of clarity. So thinking that they knew exactly where they wanted to go in life, but actually they didn't have clarity around that. So when we um, dove into that, um, we realized that it was the way that they were actually viewing the job, the way that they were viewing the relationship. So um, when we changed the way that they viewed all of that and the relationship that they had with themselves, they were able to eliminate this anxiety that they had in the overwhelm. This is now the most positive, happy and productive person that I know. So wow. yeah, going from complete, I want to ditch everything, throw everything away to actually my life is awesome. It's just the way that I've been looking at things and the way that I've been communicating with people. Have you had any feedback from the per people around them or you don't really? Yeah, I do actually know some of the people um, that that this person knows. And yes, they have actually said the energy is different. They have a different outlook and they are much happier. And in fact, I've had a referral from this client. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, just in like one or two minutes, give mm -hmm. us some key things that you want the audience to take away with. If there's only one or two or maybe even three things that yep. you, they have to take away from this time that we've had together, what are they? Number one would be that positive change is possible and it is realistic. You know, as I've shared with my story and with a couple of the clients that we've worked with, you can change the way that you think and you and, and respond. Um, another one, you mentioned Warren Buffett earlier and I love uh, one of his quotes that says investing in yourself is the best thing you can do so that's another takeaway is when you put the time and the effort into yourself you invest in yourself um, you can completely change your life and I think the third one would simply be what I said earlier it's this even small changes can make a significant impact so don't think that you've got to change everything and that you've got to do it now just make some small changes and you'll be surprised at the ripple effect it has in the rest of your life and the people around you. Awesome. Well, just again, please tell us how they can, the audience, how they can contact you if they uh, want to do so. Yes, please jump on our website, www.moonbeammonday.com.au. You can contact us through that. You can contact us through socials, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Our handle is at Moonbeam Monday. Um, and you can register for that 
MindShift Mastery Masterclass on our website as well. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Rebecca, for being here with us today. We, we loved every minute of it, and I'm sure the audience got a lot out of it as well. Uh, I want to thank Mark Aston for his ongoing uh, mentorship. And as always, I want to thank you, the audience, for listening. Please tune in next week for our guest, uh, the Honorable Sarah Game, member of the Upper House of State Parliament, where we will be discussing a wide range of issues on how to make the world a better place in a non-political, non-partisan way. And as always, I will leave you today with a brief inspirational message. Just the other day, I was thinking about Matt Emmons. At the 2004 Olympic trials for the rifle team, he went to his allegedly secure locker at the U.S. Olympic Training Center to get his rifle as it was almost his turn to attempt to qualify. He found out that his rifle had been sabotaged by a screwdriver. He scurried around to borrow a rifle. Of course, at that level, even if he could borrow one in the few minutes he had to to compete, he was an extreme disadvantage, as his rifle, of course, was precisely zeroed in for him in sights, action, etc. Despite this obstacle, his relatively young age, and the fact he had to rush to get into position, he made the team. After he won his first gold medal in the Athens 2004 Olympics, he was only one shot away from winning a second gold medal in the three positions event. He went into that shot with a three-point lead, which is a very comfortable lead for a competitive shooter. His next shot was dead center, a bullseye on a competitor's target. He went from number one to eighth and did not win a medal, but he didn't give up. He competed again in the 2008 Olympics. He won a silver in the 50-meter prone position. Then, in the 50-meter three-possessions event, the event he blew it last time in, in the qualification round, he ended up one shot behind the leader. He was leading till the last shot where he blew it again and didn't win a medal. But he didn't give up. In the 2012 Summer Olympics, in the 50 meters three positions event, the event that in the last two Olympics he had missed a medal by blowing the very last shot, he won a bronze. What do we learn from Matt Edmonds? Well, a lot of things, but I want to focus on just four. Obviously, we learn that failure is not fatal and persistence pays off. We learn not to give up and remain calm when an obstacle is thrown up at us at the last minute even, like it was when his rifle was sabotaged. We learn we just have to drive on regardless. We also learn that events are often neither positive nor negative. They just are and can lead to the next event. In Matt Emmons' case, after his devastating loss because he hit the wrong target, a beautiful young Czech shooter named Katarina Kirkova and her father came up and introduced themselves. They gave him a four-leaf clover keychain. Then they told him that they felt really bad about what happened and offered him some encouragement. About three years later, Katarina and he were married, and they had four beautiful children. The fourth thing we learn reminds us that if we focus on the wrong target or goal, even if we hit it, we still lose. And finally, we are reminded that there are two kinds of people in the world, the ones that give up when they hit an obstacle, 
give up when they experience failure, beat themselves up mercilessly when they make a mistake, and who focus on the wrong objectives. And then there is the type of person who will not be deterred by obstacles, who will realize that failure is not fatal and can lead to the next success and will focus on the right goals and objectives and the things that matter. The question is, as always, which one are you?